0: Welcome to SCGA Off The Huzzle, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association.
1: Welcome into SCGA Off The Huzzle. I'm Alan Knight, joined today by Biff Lathrop. Biff, how are you? I'm doing well
2: today. A beautiful day down here in the uh, Island area.
1: It is. We are set up recording at the Heritage Club today. Uh, it's just going to play 260 rounds of golf. They are, you cannot get a tee time. But uh, welcome to this new podcast give you a little insight of what we're doing we're gonna just kind of go through each month we'll feature a, a special guest and do an interview and learn about South Carolina golf history or it could be a former player or industry folks today we got there's no way we couldn't do the first episode not have Hap Lathrop you know
2: yeah he's the legend he's he, a living legend
1: that's an understatement living legend uh but before we get to Hap let's go ahead and catch everybody up on not all things scga but what's been going on lately
2: oh uh, it's been been a busy few months um you know we're into 2021 in march right now and uh we we have been going on schedule as we usually do um hopping and dancing during covid times and making things work but it's been a been a productive two and a half months so far uh we started off the year we dropped the my scga app in the first of january and uh so far that has been a hit it's uh an opportunity for our membership to be able to post scores and register for golf tournaments and get SCGA news and uh, all sorts of great things right there at your fingertips. And and who doesn't love a good app anymore? So you
1: gotta have an app.
2: It's free too. That's that's the cool part. And um, so
1: they can just go to the
2: yeah you can go to your your uh, you can go to, to the Apple Store uh, or, or or where you download your your apps through Apple and also uh, Google Play I guess to yeah. get it for Android. I'm not an Android guy, but but available in both both sets
1: and just my scga and there you go
2: my scga app it's uh go check it out it's got a lot of good things on there again uh it's it's there's a lot of interesting links and and things that can help you while you're on the road but the biggest thing is you can post your scores i mean you can just immediately once you get done you can put your scores in there you can put uh your stats you can do all kinds hole by hole posting it's uh it's 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 very robust as they would say i wouldn't want stats yeah you don't want to see my stats (laughs) that's
1: depressing So what else is going on FCGA-wise?
2: Uh, so we kept on going We uh Tournament of Champions, had a, had another another cold event at the Tournament of Champions, got rained out half the second day, which is, you know, pretty much normal for our 25th anniversary of that, that event. Um, I've happened to be at every one of them, and I think we've got about half of them done the way we're supposed to, but you just never know. But we had another good event at uh, TPC at Myrtle Beach. They are really good to us. Uh, everybody enjoys going to play there, so uh, we were happy to get what we got done. Um, moved right on from there and kind of a little bit of a break in february we were supposed to do an event at 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 florence or 40 plus but we had to cancel it due to course conditions being too wet everybody remembers all the rain we had during february and uh the lack of cart pass at florence country club don't help very much when you're trying to troop around 80 100 people around there so we decided we'd wait and do that another time um yeah yeah but uh, we came Came back with a vengeance, first of March, first weekend of March, uh, our annual partners championship. Uh, We did it at Spring Valley and at Wood Creek uh, Club. A hundred two-man teams signed up for that event. In fact, a hundred two-man teams, we filled up in less than two and a half weeks. We had about 15 teams on the waiting list, so it's become a really popular event. Nice. We do a captain's choice the first day and a a, a modified scramble the second day, and and, um, impressive victory by mr ryan reynolds and brandon cimprola uh they shot a first round 59 wow and followed that with a 66 for a total of 1900 to 125 so it was uh is pretty pretty impressive i don't care what the format was
1: what what rotation did they play
2: they were they were at wood creek the first day and they played spring valley the second day 59
1: at wood creek's good
2: yeah that, that is <laughs> that is pretty good in fact wait i might be wrong on that maybe they were Maybe they were at Spring Valley the first day. Yeah, they were at Spring Valley the first day. I okay. apologize. I get them confused. I've done so many of them, I can't keep up. But, yeah, Spring Valley the first day, then Wood Creek.
1: And you alternate that rotation each year, correct? That's right. We yeah. try to.
2: We want the champions to end up at, at the, the other golf course each year. So as long as we can keep those two courses in the rotation, that's how we'll continue on. Yeah, yeah. Um no rest for the weary we turned right around the next weekend and did our palmetto cup that that we're excited to do we lost last year's palmetto cup it was the first event we lost during the covid crisis uh but we brought in our for for everybody doesn't know 14 top amateurs in the state versus the 14 top uh, cpga professionals in the state and we went to the reserve club and right down the road at Paulys island and um had a great time. Mr. Gary Shaw was the captain for the professionals and, and we brought in Charlie Reimer as our, as our captain for the amateurs. Uh, we, we needed somebody from, from locally and first time I've ever had a professional captain the amateur team, but I knew Charlie would be fun and he lived up to that. And we had a great couple days of golf. Uh, interestingly enough, Mr. Shaw led his professional team to a, a victory. Uh, first time the professionals had beat the amateurs since 2014, so. Pretty impressive. Those guys really played good. I got to watch a lot of them, and uh, all of them played well. But it was uh, it was it was very competitive, and the pros put it to them at the final day. And uh, but overall, it's a two good days of competition. And, and for me, it, it, it's fun to watch the professionals have a reason to go play golf. You know that 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 industry's changed so much; they don't get to play as much as they normally would like to. They're they're working all the time, and um, so it gives them a good time to come down and. Play a couple of rounds of golf and then a little dinner one night. So it's, it's a good good two days. Nice.
1: And you gotta you gotta let them win every now and then. I know y'all didn't let them win,
2: but Yeah, we didn't. We don't ever let them win. I can promise you that. They 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 took that victory, but yes, it does help with the uh, with the <laughs> <laughs> intensity of the event and, and keeping the interest of the event going. So it's uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah, we got anything else? I guess we just finished up. We had a River Club. We had a forty plus at River Club this past Monday. Um, It was a two man team event. We might look at start doing a little bit, a few more of those. Everybody loves a partner. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. It was a a great day down there. They're getting ready for the for the Masters, and we're able to slip us in a couple weeks prior to. And uh, you know, just a a good day for everyone. The sun was shining, and when the sun shines, a lot of things go well. That's great. Yep, it's good.
1: Well, uh, this interview was actually recorded a week ago you are gonna hear joe quick sit in with me on that one and it was recorded down at the palmetto shop the, the sponsor of the show I want to thank palmetto shop for coming on board and helping make this thing come to fruition so if you don't have anything else i say let's just get the hat
2: well let's do that um we, we are very excited south carolina golf association a new, a new venture for us we're looking forward to it and uh looking forward to all, all of our guests and, and learning about the industry of golf in south carolina
0: the Palmetto Shop is your one-stop shop for all of your logoed apparel, promotional, and marketing needs, offering full-service embroidery and screen printing for business, athletic teams, and personal needs, along with a variety of gift options with our trademarked Palmetto Tree and Moon. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058.
1: Hat, welcome to the show. Thank you. It is a pleasure to have you. Uh, in my mind, a living legend, and one I feel lucky to have time. I've worked for you know.
3: Well, you're mighty kind.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you hiring me way back in the day, 2006. Well, it was
4: 10 it, to 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: that there are so many things from you that just stick with me. It's unreal. And 10 to 12 years ago is one of the things <laughs> that any time I hear that. Just so if he, just real quick, he, Hat, when we were at lunch table, would always reference. Oh, that was about 10 to 12 years ago, and as we were getting older, he, we were like, oh, you need to move that about 15 or 20 years ago, you know. But, so, you are retired. You retired in 2017?
3: No, I guess it might have been 19.
1: 2019?
3: After 40 years.
1: Okay. 40 yeah, years. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Uh 40 years head of the SCGA. I, mean, never. You,
3: I never got a promotion, man. I was about to say,
1: you were hired as executive director, correct? How
3: would you feel working 40 years and never got a promotion?
1: You, uh you grew the business. Let's say, let's say. So, how did that come about? Let's, let's. We need to get a SCGA five minute history if we could.
3: Well, it's really kind of funny. The SCGA never had a full time employee. They had a executive secretary is what they called him, and he happened to be the superintendent of education in Hampton County. And he and my dad were friends, <laughs> and and they they uh, my dad died young, and and Mister Causey, Needed a one-day tournament director, and he knew I needed money to go to school. So at 18, I was hired to go run one-day events, uh, which basically means you sit at a table and take money and give out prizes at the end of the day. Yeah. And so with that being said, I did that for a number of years, and then they decided they were going to get a, a full-time employee. And so my name was put on the list, because I'd been running one days. So everybody knew about me. I had one, a state amateur, and yeah. cause so I kind of had a little name, and... Uh, they had an interview process down at Hilton Head. Uh, they considered that their biggest thing they'd ever done because they were hiring a full-time. Had Tom Meeks. Tom Meeks with the USGA was in his second year. They brought him in to be part of the interview process. Okay,
1: not to compete against your job. No, no, just okay. to, to help an them make decisions. decision yeah. yeah.
3: And uh, so Tom and I got to be good friends at that time. But they had three people interviewed for the job. And I started right off the bat prostituting myself I some guy said he'd take for 16 and I said "I'll do it 12.
1: Yeah, yeah so
3: I started prostituting myself very young <laughs> and so I got the job and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I'd never even run a tournament okay and uh, so that was start I knew we we were at that time really competing with the CGA because they'd been in business 10 or 12 years. <laughs> Ten or twelve years ten or twelve years before us and uh and so I thought the first thing I needed to do is get out there and get get our face in front of people, yeah, so i, I started calling on golf courses, and I'd even you know if they had an event run like a little college event or something i'd I'd come in and spend my time, and then before I'd leave, I'd look where well, we used to post handicaps, you had to post your score and they had score sheets on the wall, yeah before you post your scores, I'd look up there, and I hmm. I see you got a CGA handicap system there and you got any room for us. I'm out here helping you. And so I'm going to say we had about 11,000 members on our handicap roster. Okay. And the CGA had 18,000 and change. And we had about 99 clubs and they had 150 clubs. And if you wanted to play in our events, you had to be on our roster. If you wanted to play in their events, you had to be on their roster. So. A lot of people on both rosters, right? And um, so, out, after a few years of going through that, uh, kind of competing and switching people over, um, we kind of got our heads together and said, "Listen, we're all out here promoting golf. Let's get together. Let's have one handicap system for South Carolina." Yeah. Um, and so that—that's how we got together. Uh, meanwhile, we—I think if I've still got a old one day card, we used to give everybody cards that had the one days on them, fold up and put in your wallet.
1: The calendars. The, yeah. yeah,
3: and you fold it up and put it in your wallet. And I think we had like seven major events that time. Okay. And so when I, when I would, I was on kind of a one-man show thanks to my bride who was taking care of my kids and teaching school and being a, a score lady and a secretary. Right. And so when I'd see something that was interesting for a term, I'd, I'd try to get a hold of it. And it just kind of grew from there.
1: So that was 1977?
3: 77. That's when it
1: started. You won the state amateur in 74?
3: Won in 68.
1: 68, I'm sorry. No problem. Gotcha. (laughs) Uh,
3: Many years before you were born.
1: I know. And that's such a good story, too, in itself, how it was so dark at Columbia Country Club, they had to pull cars up around the green using headlights so y'all could finish. Right. You know, that's... uh,
3: And the good thing about not being able to choke... In a tournament, was I never led it until I made the last putt? Oh, really? I never led the tournament until I made the last putt on the last hole.
1: I did not know that. Yeah, that's amazing. Joe Vignati. Was that who you beat, Joe Vignati? Clemson. Ha! Ah. <laughs> oh, that's good. So it's a good trivia question. Talk about how it went from a one man one. The SCGA went from a one man show to where they are now with. I'm not sure how many employees you got nine, 10,
3: 11, yeah. 10. Well. As I grew the tournament, I grew our services, uh, measuring and rating golf courses, and back then it wasn't near as sophisticated as it was. You could go and measure a golf course, and you got the yardage, and then you had a yardage formula, and you do that, and you could go plus or minus one to give you your course rating. Okay. So if it came out, if the yardage rating came out 69, if I thought it was easier than that, I'd say 68. If gotcha. I thought it was harder than that, I'd say 70. Hmm. But that took a lot of time because I was doing all the golf courses. And we really, I guess, uh, uh, Matt Harbin. Matt Harbin was the first guy I hired yeah. to help me. And, and we were starting to run, get the Junior Golf Association, trying to get it started, too. And uh, so after Matt helped me get that going and started, then next was Paul Ruyard, and we wanted to expand our juniors. I really thought juniors was what we need to put our emphasis on. We yeah. had plenty of adult things going on. Uh, we needed to get kids involved in the game, and and quite honestly, Biff was one of the stimulators in that, only because I went and watched his uh, conference championship down at Persimmon Hill,
1: mm-hmm.
3: his senior year, and when he got through playing, I noticed he was the only kid had anything to do during the summer, where he could go play. He was a member of the club, because I was a member, and he got there and played. The rest yep. of the kids kind of put the club's way and said, well, wait next next year, and so I I started going to a lot of counties, a lot of areas had a junior chapter, if you will, mm-hmm. for their kids in that area, but it wasn't organized into a statewide. So I organized those, got them together, and did a statewide junior program with with certain uh, things that had to be. You had to do. You had to to be a part of the the statewide program. Right. So that grew
1: pretty good. Did you and did you start All Stars right then and there that first year?
3: I think it was the second
1: year. Okay, at Harbortown.
3: I had the first one at Harbortown. <laughs> it
1: was, Would you do that again? Would you go back to Harbortown?
3: I, it was. It was great. Okay. It was. It was to be at Harbortown.
1: It was special. I know. It was
3: very special for, for most all those kids mm-hmm. and parents yeah. and sisters and grandparents. <laughs> yeah. And people that just knew them. Right. Look, I bet we had four hundred people on the golf course. <laughs> It looked like a storm field out there with the people. How it's, many
4: years did you run the All-Stars at Harbor Town?
3: This is one of the things I won't remember exactly, but I believe it went on three or four years. Oh,
4: really? So we were down there for the Junior Heritage earlier this year and spoke with John Farrell, and John had just become one of the head professionals. And I don't know, he wasn't the director of golf. Now he's moved all the way up and taken Cary Corbett. When Kerry retired this past year, now he's the VP of sports and things like that at the programming at the resort. But... He remembers he didn't really know. Y'all didn't know each other, obviously, quite yet. No. Uh, but that was an introduction. Yeah. He, he had some good things to say about you from that first uh, that first encounter.
3: It was uh, it really was great because, you know, it's a great golf course quite naturally and, and have your all-stars out there. And, and my, my original uh, diagram of the junior golf and all-stars was not your best players. Okay. It was your players that came to every, every tournament. Who helped the coach get balls? Somebody did something special. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily your best players. Gotcha. That was my original thought process. The good players had the tournaments playing. Let's do something for the players that are, are decent, but not your best.
1: Yeah, you know, I never knew that.
4: That's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. It's kind of like
4: Camp Reward when the camp started. Yeah.
3: As also, we, one of the first things we started with Charlie's Roundtree's help, the captain's club. And what we would do is we, you could go out, and we had a scorecard of nine things that you had to do. Like, number one was introduce one person to play golf. Uh, and it got down to spending uh, nine hours in a golf shop. That was the ninth hole. And you'd have to get those checked off. Huh. And after you got everything checked off, you qualified for a $500 scanner. Really? Scholarship. Michael Manus. Was one of the ones that did the first that's, year. That's
1: that's amazing. Wow. And he was uh, Captain's
3: fact, Club. I think it's called the Captain's Club.
1: That is cool, man. I've never.
3: Yeah, it did. It didn't gain gain much steam because i hate to say a lot of kids just didn't
1: want to go through the yeah the process. Process. Yeah.
3: But Michael Manns did.
1: Well, how did you get introduced to golf? Yourself? My
3: mom and dad played. Okay. We, we played a little nine hole golf course
1: in in Hampton. Dogwood. In Hampton. Okay. Hampton Country, Hampton County, Hampton
3: County Country Club.
1: Okay, is it still there today?
3: No, not open. Yeah, Uh, we used to have as a nine-hole golf course. We hosted the state intercollegiate golf tournament, uh, and uh, that's where I won my state intercollegiate title.
1: While you were at Carolina, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's. uh, We'll get to Carolina in a minute. Well, I guess we've already really passed Carolina with the state amateur. You were at Carolina when you won that, correct?
3: I was a freshman. Freshman. Going into my sophomore year.
1: And did uh, you didn't defend the following year. Did you go play?
3: I, I defended, but I, I won the first flight, I believe. Oh, did you? It was still flighted then. It was flighted. And
1: that's something you changed pretty quickly?
3: Yeah. pretty once Once we got, we went to a qualifying, because I can remember, in fact, we just lost one of our great friends, uh, Mr. Nimmer, Tony Nimmer's dad. Yeah. He was playing in it, and Tony, I don't even think was born yet, but it, it, we'd say, he'd say, well, have, what kind of handicap we got to have to get into next year? I'll make sure I got it. <laughs> so, so they'd come back and they'd shoot eighty-eight. They shoot. Four, we didn't have a cut, so you might shoot four nineties and you'd win the same thing the man that won the tournament was because it's flighted. Right. And now, granted, I was not making all the decisions. I was trying to lead the board, but yeah, uh, that it's, was some things they will want to keep flighting until I convinced them otherwise.
1: Well, I think that was probably the best thing for the state amateur it ever yeah. happened you know um, Bob Causey that's the Bob Causey cup is the state amateur the Bob Causey cup is the senior. senior senior trophy okay the heaviest trophy that y'all have
3: at the office it is for, biggest yeah piece of furniture
1: yeah yeah. the base is really the, the biggest thing is but, it heavier than the junior that, that little junior trophy that little junior trophy now, is I'll just that say much. it's bigger yeah. it's bigger yeah. bulky
3: yeah. kind of like you and I yeah,
1: well. Okay. So, <laughs> we've got a couple employees at this point. I'm going to wrap up this history. Up. At what point did, did Junior here come in, into play? Junior? <laughs> well, yeah, I know.
3: once again, I, it was by need. I needed somebody in there, and, and uh, we needed somebody in the – actually, I think he started in the Junior program. He started out – stuffing envelopes at the house and licking envelopes. When he was
1: a baby. We're talking, a baby. talking about but then I took,
3: him, I took him to the state amateur and I'd mix up a big cooler of, of uh, Gatorade and put a big cooler on a golf cart and he'd drive around probably when he was 10, 11, 12 he'd
1: drive around the, he'd be the
3: Gatorade man. I started
2: running one day at age
1: 18 as well. I hear you. I hear you. That's cool. Um,
3: he needed money of college,
1: right? Right, <laughs> how eerily similar is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> too bad you, you never want to stay an amateur. That's you know, I've been reminded of that too. I bet, I bet. So, like Hap said, it really was a family effort for a while. Yes, I mean, Joyce joyce put in scoreboard, and I've heard Hap tell me just he and I talking. Back then, there wasn't a computer program to generate tee sheets. She had to wait till he got through handwriting them, then he had to hand them to her and she had to type them up. Yeah, there was no website either. You couldn't just go look up your tee time. You had to call Hap
3: and, and, or and the golf shop. Want, if you wanted to get the results in the paper, you had to call the newspaper and ask them if they would carry it and then you would give them the results verbally. And then it got to when finally you could fax them the results. Yeah, uh, So you
1: had to give them verbally, huh?
3: Would you mind carrying the rope? Could I give you our top five players in state amateur for the day? When, and, and that's about all the coverage you got. Now, granted, at the time, Harold Martin was 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 a golf writer. Yeah. He helped us a lot. And the Jerry, uh, Jerry Sanders was at the Charleston paper, Postal okay. Courier, and he helped us. But other than that, you didn't have much golf coverage on the –
1: Right, That was via courier back then. I remember when I first started in 06, we still had to wait in the hotel room and answer the phones. Oh, or right. we had your cell phone. We'd always put somebody's cell phone down for the tea times.
3: They'd have to call. We'd leave the tea times at the office at the front desk, and they would give them out.
1: Yeah. In fact, I think my first players' yeah. championship, we had to take pairings down to the, the hotels in Hartsville for everybody. Yeah. I, yeah,
4: and, I mean, Joyce was working scoreboards – at least through 06 when we were at Palmetto. Correct. That, that was, was her, her last that one. That
3: was her last one. That heat. Yeah. We that, were, that heat that took was her
4: out. I remember Joe saying half. I don't think Joyce wants to go anymore. She didn't want to be there. <laughs> she didn't want she was done. She put in her time. Yeah. But more than more than double.
3: It's kinda of neat story on that With Frank Ford, we had state amateur at Charleston and it might be the last time we had it there and it was some kind of hot summer. So Frank Ford, bless his heart, rented a tent, a enclosed tent with an air conditioner for her to do the scoreboard in. Well if you ever been at Charleston first of August with a hundred and four degrees heat index inside of a tent with an air conditioner of four horsepower,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> it was it was not getting the job done. <laughs> uh, Where's the
4: hottest place you've ever conducted a tournament?
3: It might be Palmetto. That 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 year that 06, 06 right it, it would rank right up there with them as far as <laughs> yeah yeah Colleton we, River two thousand eleven when we had heat index of 114 one day and the squirrel I, I was driving I was driving around looking at the golf course this morning and the the, the fox, squirrels fox, fox squirrels were laid out I thought they was all dead <laughs> we were there I got that. up on one of them he that. jumped up ran off. <laughs> I said, damn, squirrels have died at some They're getting in that cool sand. I remember
4: that because the the clubhouse had the big scoreboard that Mr. Murphy had got the USGA specs on and brought in, and it faced east. And the sun came up over that river, and that scoreboard was black. Yeah. By the time we were done, even just getting the tarps off from the night before, your pants were wet. Yeah. You were sweating so much. Biff and I had fans blowing on us at scoring, and – Sweat just running down his bald head. I was that I was Palmetto was hot in two thousand six. That was my first amateur. Well, I guess my second because I was the intern in O two with you, but um that Colton Rivers boy.
3: That was that was
1: brutal. That was good. So we're gonna fast forward a little bit. Uh have obviously built a great organization. Like I said, we're up to all these employees now. You retired. What you been doing since retirement? <laughs> Grabbing his belly,
0: <laughs>
1: you got rid of the El Camino. You got rid. That of El broke, Camino. That broke my heart.
3: Well, it was 16 years since I'd had El Caminos, and yeah. just like me retiring, it was time. I got you. Well, really, I'm I'm, I'm helping a little bit with the Midlands Golf Course Owners Association. Yeah. Just you know, they don't have anybody to help them, and I'm just helping them a little bit and staying busy with the Barcetoma Club. Not not anything really that says I got to get up and do anything.
1: I hear you. I hear you. But I knew you were still involved with the Midlands. Yeah. Technically, you're a director? Executive director. Yeah, I was about to say, you're still an executive director. <laughs> you're not retired. The title won't go away. No, uh, no, Never,
3: still ain't had a promotion.
4: <laughs> what? Uh, can I Can I interject? Yeah. So, let's kind of get back on the timeline, too. So, Happ was hired in the late 70s. Hired Matt Harbin then Paul Ruyard, and that was about 1990 when the JGA came along. We've had some other guests, or I guess we haven't had other guests. Then in 1995, with the undertaking of the Monday after the Masters pro am and Hootie the Blowfish involvement, that's when the foundation was created. So, my history dates back to '02 when I was the intern, the PJ Boatwright intern coming out of school, and at that point, it was pretty much full boat. You had a foundation director, you had two or three junior employees, or maybe two, and then the the SCGA staff, tournament staff, course rating and measuring. Um, just to kind of recap oh, yeah. where that where that's gone, and now I mean we're still kind of three organizations running strong that was all created through the needs and vision that you had.
3: It, you know, it was when I was trying to raise money for the Junior Golf Association, and I can remember one of the first people I asked was Jay Haas, because he had a pro am tournament and he was doing up in Greenville and Spartanburg and Stan Olenek remembers it well too Uh, and I I asked Jay for some money and he said well I'll see if I can't give you a little something he said can we write it off and of course we didn't have a 501 uh, C3 yeah I said no you can't do that so in there became the reason to have for people to make donations and write it off, yeah. I had a way to go and talk to them and tell them what we we're doing why we needed it. So that that began the foundation. So I think maybe Shay Noel was our was our first foundation director. Yeah, she was a she was a, a, a fundraising type of lady, and and uh, Charlie knew her fairly well, and and um, so she came on and started building contacts and what have you.
4: Gotcha. That would have been mid nineties. Yeah. yeah. And now here we are with Joe. <laughs> All the way to Joe. All the way and to Joe. And what a
3: fantastic job seriously he does too. Yeah. He yeah. really does. Well,
4: I think the neat component about not just, you know, the junior programs too, but the scholarship component and uh, coming up by next year. Um, we're gonna surpass the the million dollar mark in scholarships awarded through the foundation.
3: That'd be a great thing to I mean, that's a high point. Got it's, a,
4: it's, it's pretty unique and interesting, especially for a smaller foundation. But, you know, it's taken people contributing um, and really honoring some of their, their family. You know, we've got obviously Monday after the Masters contributes to us, but the, the Bagger Doom B for David Dupree and, and Mr. Prezioso and, um, you know, Terry Sidalek who was longtime pro down at. Terry Florence. Terry, you're right. Terry Florence, who was a long-time pro at um, Wild Dunes and then Bulls Bay, you know, Hope's come on in her family, the kids, and have have really helped us kind of move move that needle to get us a little bit ahead of pace when we thought we were. And so, um, you know, Biff and I actually handled a phone call the other day with uh, the Henley family maybe wanting to do something through the Blade and awarding a scholarship through kids that participate or apply for the Blade Championship. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's neat. People are starting to figure out, and we've done a, a good job the last few years really kind of streamlining the foundation to be able to, um, you know, satisfy what donors would like to see and hear and maybe have some kind of long-term or planned giving aspect well, th- to it. Well, I
3: think we're, we've got, with the way our, our finances are set up now, we've, we've got a template we can show them on paper what we do, where it goes, and nothing is better to showing a businessman is something on paper. Right. Yeah. That says here it is in front of you.
1: No doubt. All right. I wanna what's what were some of your biggest challenges through the, throughout the your years at SCGA? Biggest challenges, proudest accomplishments.
3: Well, the biggest challenge once again was getting along with the CGA and putting us all in, in the same as one of my friends like to say, using the same hymnal, <laughs> uh, um, you know, which is, has worked out great for us. I was about to
1: say, it's, my I, lifetime's been a great relationship.
3: Well, it's, it's, it's funny things. Hale Van Hoy had, he was executive uh, director of the CGA when I got my job. And of course, Hale and I had been somewhat kind of friends. They used to have some matches before their Carolina's Amateur Championship, they'd have a team from South Carolina play a team from North Carolina. Hmm. And he had to call, I was in summer school, oh, go believe (laughs) and he had to call my instructor at the time and ask him if I could have off a couple of days to go play in it. Wow. And so we kind of had a little bit of a background with and And so Hale and I worked on a lot of things during that time, overcoming some things. Uh, For example, uh, to make that work, we had to accept all their members, whether or not they were on the handicap roster, and they had to do the same thing. They had to accept our clubs, which might not have been their member clubs. And Hale said "I he said I can remember sitting in the back room back with a bunch of board members trying to decide if we was going to take this club or not, whether we knew its a club. All of a sudden, a stroke at pin, we took fifteen clubs we knew nothing about.
1: Right, right. So
3: it, that was a you know, hurdle. but working together and getting that uh, partnership together was was. I think that's that stands up my top two or three things that that, that I accomplished. Yeah. But of course, when you look at our junior program and and see what we've developed as a small state, I counted the other day on our terms we had eleven alumni playing one of the earlier
1: PGA p- tour, events. tour events. I saw that.
3: And I think nine of them made the cut. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty impressive.
3: I, I I look for things like that, and uh, I'm I'm proud about that. I'm I'm proud that our kids now that started coming back and are now on our board.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
3: know, they still got That's the neat. interest. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're on our board members now, so um, you know, I, it's just, it's been fun, and, and to have my son have an interest in it and earn his way up.
1: Yeah.
3: He's a good man. He He's changed everything I ever did for the first 40 years, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not true. <laughs> he did fire him. In a
3: good way, in a good manner. He did have to now, I don't know if this is One of the first things he had to do, (laughs) because of the new way we were going to set up the office, he needed a full-time person at that front desk. Where Joyce, after she retired from teaching after 30 years, she came in three days a week. Right. And and she was our front desk lady and kept everything going, office office administrator, believe whatever we gave her title. But she was going to have to go. (laughs) And... I had prepared her for it, yeah. but she said, I'll tell you one thing, he's going to have to come in here and tell me, <laughs> and, and Biff said, he said he, it it's the most agonizing night he ever had in his life, because I didn't get any sleep, I had to go in there and fire my mama. The first yeah. thing I had to do was fire my mama.
1: Well, that's not the only family member he kind of let go either.
3: No, he. I still got keys to the door, which I am
1: But then he, Yeah, your sister.
3: Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, she was our she was our accountant and did our books. Yeah. Every, forever.
1: Right. Even right.
3: when I when I was in, working out in North Augusta, I, she would still get the books and keep them.
1: Wow. That's so, a no more yeah, than that man. No and more.
3: then
4: it, and then it was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then it was you. Ran you straight out. Yeah. Took your desk.
3: Took my little cubby hole.
1: Yeah. That's a nice area back there. Good good office. Y'all. Uh, <laughs> What you giggling about? Oh, uh, the, the
4: the real office that you worked in and I worked in as the intern back at the little oh, closet yeah, yeah. before we had the
1: addition in 2008. Well, I feel like we've gotten a good history nugget. Now okay. we can just let them roll with stories. Let's go. What uh what's one of the funniest things that you can remember or a funny instance? Um, it can be anything.
3: Oh, most of my funny things are my stupidity. Okay. <laughs> okay? it's it's not on anybody else. I right. I, I can remember at the uh, having state amateur at collington river and uh making my morning round early checking hole locations and uh, I, I went to back nine and all of a sudden I, I, I saw everything i was coming back by and number 10 hole location was wrong and this is like 20 minutes before we start play on both sides so i started calling the superintendent I said, man bad hole location bad hole location number 10's wrong get somebody out here I'm just hauling, and so I waited a few minutes and waited a few minutes I was at the green stair waiting on somebody and all of a sudden superintendent says Hap, where are you I said well, I'm here at the green he says you're on number 11
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean it's,
3: it's things like that same thing happened to me at Hartsville with, with Happy yeah Su- superintendent I did the same he Taylor. says where are you he said, well, I'm here. He said, well, you're on the wrong green. Uh, you know, that, the, the stories like that are, are my own bad stories. and uh, You know, I can remember uh, Buck Lee getting on the, phone, on the radio at the scoreboard wanting to know a score he'd made, and he started out. He rambled about three minutes of where, how his strokes were made, and then he says, what'd I make? I said, whoa, Buck, back, back up a little bit. Let's go stroke by stroke. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, that's funny,
3: but it's, it's it's been so many good times and fellowship. That's what I miss now so much. Yeah. is the fellowship and and we got stories. Like farrell has got stories on me, and
1: uh, a lot of people got stories. And i you know, I know you're probably scared to hear what comes <laughs> out, but I would be the same way too. But I, there's so much respect for you, and when, like I don't use that term "living legend" loosely. I truly believe you are a living legend, especially in South Carolina golf. One of my favorite things, though. As Chris Miller kinda of used to say, at least I always heard it from Chris, when Hat was still a staff of one, he had a radio. And the only reason he had a radio was so he could point to something and look important, you know. And that, he still got the big old radio.
3: Well the, no that that the first radio I got came from what was the Radio Shack?
1: Yeah. Radio Shack.
3: Radio Shack. Wow. And, and I I'd always seen on TV when you when the one Tell you where your ball went. Um, you took your you pony <laughs> with it, and I didn't have anything. I had this Radio Shack walkie-talkie that must have been twenty-four inches. And by the time you pulled out the antenna, you could go and fishing with it. It was about four feet long antenna. Right. But I had that with me in the car.
1: But nobody talked to him. Nobody end. talked to you. Yeah. Just one radio.
3: Then, then the next thing I got was two radios. Where I leave one in the golf shop. Right, right.
1: And uh, and now how many radios we got? Twenty-four. I mean, yeah. It's unreal. No, we, the, uh, you're talking about the,
3: the Silver Radio
1: Award? Correct. We painted it gold, didn't you? Silver. It, okay, silver. That
3: what? was the one that sat up, and the superintendent came up and had it, he had it on one side of the cart, and his dog had it on the other, offset the weight of the radio.
1: That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Man. What you got, Joey?
4: I've got so many things. So we're talking about funny stories. I we're going to have some other guests on this show that'll discuss some of the events that you you were part of, and one of the ones that Biff and I are now kind of in charge of are those Georgia South Carolina matches. Um, obviously, you, you know it's a little bit it was a little bit of a looser time by then. You could let the kids kind of you expected them to behave, but they might not have. But I, I vaguely remember a story about an air conditioning unit
3: or an RV.
1: Charlie Reimer. Oh.
3: Uh, well, <laughs> we were going to Atlanta, and I thought I thought it would be real cool to get all the kids in one vehicle and take them to this uh, club. So I, I, I was a member at Pine Ridge. Jack Hamilton was a golf pro, and we were good friends, and he had an RV. And I asked him if I could use his RV for this trip, and I would have to pick up the RV at, at the time. We were our matches were Saturday and Sunday and we'd get there on Thursday and practice around on for Friday morning. I'd get to Friday afternoon, excuse me. And so I arranged to meet him at a motel here in Columbia and it uh we'd had several board meetings at this place so I was fairly familiar with it. So I had this big R V and going down Broad River Road and came to the motel and spied me a parking place back there in the back and turned left right under the porch call, not realizing that it did not have enough coverage. So two air conditioners and a luggage rack was scraped off the top of the RV and lay, lay in the floor in the road back there. And I got out and walked and looked at it, and one, and one of the uh, air conditioners, the, uh, what do you call stuff? Free on. Com- the stuff? The freon hose was snapping at me like a snake. <laughs> With the freon coming out, <laughs> so we got there, got it all cleaned up, put it in there, and got a tarp mm-hmm. and put it over the hole because it was a huge hole, as you can imagine. Yeah. But as we went into, as we went into Atlanta, bad thunderstorm came on us, and uh, on that Interstate 275, I believe is the business interstate, yep. goes around it, heavy traffic. And every time I'd tap the brakes, the water that was stuck in the ceiling would come down and pour in my lap. Every time. So I, by the time I got there, I
1: was soaking wet. I never knew that part. neither. Yeah. You can listen to Charlie Reimer tell that same story on the SCGA YouTube channel during his Hall of Fame induction. And it's good. He's talking about being in the back crying and cold, <laughs> humbled up the corner. And, and, and
3: to take it a step further, we called off the Sunday round because it was going to rain so bad. So I came back. I lived in St. Andrews at the time, so pulled this big RV in front of my house, and it had red clay all over the back of it, you know, just from driving on the roads. I said, I'd already called. I was, the, the unit was going to be picked up. Jack was going to pick up and take it up to Charlotte, get air-conditioned, luggage rack put in, because he had to take kids to 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 uh, Hilton Head for a junior tournament.
1: Yeah, we can take a break.
3: Okay. Larry! Yeah, and I pulled this big RV in front of my house and going to clean it up to where it didn't look quite as bad, yeah. <laughs> except for the two big holes. And I uh, went and got Joyce's mop in and in a bucket of water and came in. It was one of these mops that had the mop head on metal plate uh-huh. where you could squeeze it out. Yeah, no way. My first lick down this thing, the, the mop came off and it put about a four-inch scrape right down the back of the back door there. <laughs> About uh, about a tenth of an inch deep. Golly,
1: I didn't know that part of it yeah, either.
3: This is yeah. I, and
1: I've
4: never I, drove an RV again. Also, never
1: did. <laughs> have you cooked a low country boil on your gas burner since?
3: Since you helped me that, not, not, at Chip's house. Correct. <laughs> uh, that was the most. Excellent.
1: That was the most humble I've ever seen happen in my life. Like white as a sheet, <laughs> and I was like, "You're kidding." He's like, "No, go look outside."
3: Wait. I we were going to entertain our our volunteers at yeah. at Chip's Beach House where we were staying lodging.
1: Paulie's Island, I believe.
3: Paulie's uh, Litchfield. Litchfield, Litchfield. Yeah. And uh, so I I got the fire going and I was he said he had his own burner there so all I had to bring was my pot and I set everything up and uh, you know it takes a long time to get that water boiling.
1: Yeah.
3: And so every so often I'd go down and check and make sure. Well, one day one time I just looked at the door. I could see the smoke coming out of it and I said, "Boy, things good. It's going good now." <laughs> but when I went downstairs, the hose had popped off the burner and it squirted fire all over the wall. Right. Set and, the house on fire. Yeah, you
1: had to extinguish the fire yourself. It
3: was it was a pretty good little blaze. Right. And um uh, but the first thing I I did was have you take pictures of it.
1: That's correct. Yes. And,
3: and and I called Chip. Yeah. And I said, well, "Chip, First of all, no alcohol was involved in this thing. <laughs> yeah. And he said he says, well, you didn't put the fire out, did you? <laughs>
1: yeah, he wanted you to burn it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: But that, yeah, we had – that was an instant – that that was a very interesting tournament, too, as I recall. We had some rain delays. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure we got the final round in. No, nope,
4: That nope. was a, a 54-hole championship that Andrew Novak won <laughs> the title at he, the Reserve Club.
1: He's had to show up Sunday morning, take his picture, and leave.
4: Pretty much. Yeah. But I can remember pulling in because it was a, we had multiple rain delays that day, and so we're getting there late. We've got board members sitting up there and rules officials and some of the staff that have left a little early and walk in and everybody's just staring out the back back porch or I guess the front porch looking toward the ocean. Walk up and everybody starts shaking their head. <laughs> it's like, what what happens? Like we got lucky is what happened. Yeah, and if you take if, picture this for those listening. You walk underneath, and it's the old beach house, old wood plastic siding underneath. And it's amazing that house didn't go down in flames. Had
3: I not just filled up the pot with a lot of water, knew exactly where the hose was, how to cut it on, where to cut it on, right? It would have been a house of a different color.
1: Well, I remember I remember hearing somebody, uh, a neighbor wanted to come help, and the fumes were so bad, you told them to stay away.
3: It stung. They they just, they
4: couldn't
1: get in there. Hat was going to go down by himself if well, anybody was going down. Went
4: through the smoke, got the hose, turned it on, put it out, and made for a, a pretty good chuckle once we knew everybody was safe. What did we have for <laughs> dinner that night? Do you remember? That was a low country blow. We well, ended up having it? We still the, had it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my okay. gosh. You don't remember the stove? We had the, We had to go upstairs and put the pot then on the stove, and we had this thing filled to the brim, and it's barely underneath the stove oven hood Uh, just boiling away oh yeah that's funny i mean because then it got a little longer because then we had to redo the pot and reheat the water on the oven oh yeah that was fun man
3: i think that's some of the good times we had no it is as 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 a team yes is being Uh, always always wanted to try to get us together if we could
1: you know right
3: ping pong tournaments and
1: that was a good one yeah debbie do stay damn i forgot about the ping pong the litchfield
4: was the brisket biscuits
1: that was the bomb. Yeah. Happy Pimento. cooked a brisket. And with the rain delay on the Saturday, because <laughs> right. Joe and I went back to the house and made biscuits with and put the brisket in there. Uh, Pimento cheese on top. You got me thinking about it. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: that was good. Uh, in fact, I mean, while we're on this kick, uh, legendary dishes made by Hap Lathrop. One, the the low country boil, beefer stew, however you want to call it. Two the brisket. Um I still make that brisket annually at my man weekend down at the beach, and in fact, made it for my family. Maybe even already this year in the oven. It's, it's a, such an easy recipe. It's so easy to do and so good. What else do we always we, we you smoked a hog for us out at your house once upon a time? We used to have a lake day out but there.
1: Some of them are Joyce's dishes, like those <laughs> salami roll ups. We get those come out a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That her Oreo dessert, eat, yeah, Oreo clear dessert, pie, uh, tomato God. pie. It's where I learned how to eat to, and and really, really enjoy tomato pie. Joyce put me on that. I'm making me tomato pie. Golly, now.
1: I'm just thinking about everything Joyce used to cook. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you. you please do. You need to invite us over for something. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: don't know. But what are some other? Recipes, how What else have you made for All everybody?
1: Oh, I was happened? You used to make soup?
4: I got a good –
3: that was All where soup. I was going.
1: Yeah. Let's the go soup. to the Tiger
4: Golf Gathering. The
3: tiger. That
1: soup's so hot, it'd burn you for an hour later.
3: It was it, – I think the, the Tiger Golf Gathering was good because the particularly the staff at the club knew what it was. But, uh you know, for the for audience, you know, we had the first – the day of the tournament, first week in December – Invariably, it was a pretty chilly day, so I would have soup that I would fix and serve everybody a cup of soup as they left and maybe at the turn if they wanted to come by. And, and basically all it was was Campbell's Vegetable Beef Soup, and I took a big can of corn.
1: I was about to say, you can't let that secret out now. You've held that in for oh, so many out. years.
3: And put put a big can, of, big can of corn in it. And so anybody said, that's just Campbell's Soup. I said, wait a second. You ever seen any corn in any camel soup you get yeah. off the shelf? And no, matter of fact, I hadn't. But then, the, but the staff, Patricia and them, the staff at Thornblade, they'd, they'd wait in line to come get the soup. But yeah. the, 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 the funny one was when, <laughs> and that went on, well, as long as as long as long I, I was there, it went on. But one year they moved it to um, Greenville. They moved it to Rick V's course.
2: Reserve.
3: The Reserve. Okay. And and it was in September.
4: That's when they opened the Larry Penley Clubhouse up there. That may be. That's right.
3: Uh, and it was a one-day deal. And we had it, and so everybody showed up and said, well, no soup today, I guess. Oh, no. I got the soup coming over here. So I set up my soup, burner and cooker and everything, had everything, I had the big pot up there. But I said, open it up, and if you open it up, there's a case of beer inside the, in the
4: oh, pot. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I always – Oh, uh, that's when it was hot. That's right. In September. and the rain game.
1: But I will also say, the Ford Picard, you came down and cooked for the families on the final round yep. for the junior tournament, and I always appreciated the soup, because it was cold, you know. And, oh, it's always a hit. Oh, did he? Tournament champions, too? Yeah. I've never won that tournament.
2: biggest request I get now is ED is,
1: am I doing soup? That's, hey, you better be doing soup. Well, I told him I retired in
2: 2019
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I can remember. No soup for you!
4: <laughs> there are a couple good stories with this one, because we were... Uh, we were getting ready to head up to the Tiger office, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. And um, Hap calls me. I'm on my way home from the office. We're getting ready to pack up and go. Joe, you got a food line in Lexington? <laughs> yes, sir. My food line's out of the big the big cans of Campbell's soup. I got the corn. Get as many as you can get. So I ran into the food line. I bought however many ginormous cans of Campbell's soup. And up the road we went. And this, this could have been the same year, even. Because Hap always served it with oyster crackers. Had to be oyster crackers. Nothing else. Kyle had just come on staff, so this would have been 2015 or 16. And I think we might have been going to the Cliffs that year. Yeah. The new um, the new Cliffs course, the newest Cliffs course. And we were driving up through Marietta, and Hap doesn't have oyster crackers. So we stop. There's nothing up there. And so we stop. Can't find them at gas stations. Can't find them wherever. Call Kyle. Hap tells Kyle, Kyle, you, you even know what an oyster cracker is? Because Kyle's from Cleveland. <laughs> but Kyle, you know, turns out Kyle's a really good chef himself. And so <laughs> I can remember Kyle being offended. You didn't think he knew what oyster crackers were. And, of course, he drove to 14 different grocery stores and took an hour extra. But came up showed up with a big bag of oyster crackers. Yeah. Oh, that was good.
1: Nothing wrong with oyster crackers. Hey, Amen. Hot sauce, too. What's... Uh... But you got anything left on your list there? We could keep going. We got to wrap them up somehow sometime. I mean, I don't want to wrap them up, but I just want to make sure we get anything you want to get in. In,
4: I, th- I think we have to go to the Monday after the
3: Masters. One of the ones is, was Biff when ESPN was, was uh, yep. doing, doing. Mike and Mike in the morning. Well, even before that, they, they would, you know, we had those cart situations. Right. We bring in 100 carts, uh, and, and we needed every one of them to have just a few spare. And everybody wants a card, saddest, excuses, and reasons. And Biff was left with a standing guard on the few we had left over. And um, I'm out there on the golf course, and I get this call. Of course, she he always calls me happy We got a ESPN lady here says if I don't give her a card, she's going to whip my ass. I said, son, that's just gonna be ass whipping. You're gonna have to take because <laughs> <laughs> we we're not giving out any more cards. Uh. But it, yeah, that, that you know to start out like we did and with the tournament, you know, right around tree and I are gonna have the first one down at Aiken, and that was before the band really got involved in it. Uh, and so uh, we started out getting almost getting it signed on down there at, at um, Lake and uh then we came we came up here to Fort Jackson for the first time, had two golf courses and the the, the tournament director overslept not not being me yeah uh and uh, I think uh Fred couple's wife got turned back at the gate so we had wow. we had some we had some problems there but to grow it i can remember when we went maybe our first trip to um university club which is cobblestone now uh and they had to sponsor I said, "Who's ever heard of them? They they're not going to be here at all." Mirror Online, AOL.
1: Oh wow! <laughs> said,
3: they were, we had <laughs> AOL signs up down that road, and I said, "Who's ever heard of them? They got going to be around." But that that group is Empire yeah. Sports has, has done a tremendous, fantastic job of, of with that event, taking it to the level where it is. I mean, because people really come from long ways to play in it.
1: Oh yeah. Well, why don't you real quick tell your uh, answer from the phone at Fort Jackson story.
3: Oh, we were we were had play going on and Nick Faldo had won the Masters and uh, he had a he had a catty a girl catty
1: Susan Sonny Fanny. Fanny. Fanny, Fanny Fanny yeah
3: who wanted to get to know the band so Nick had signed up to come and play but he won yeah okay? won the Masters the won day the before. Masters on Sunday he's supposed to be and I'm just in the golf shop by myself and the, in, in the phone rings, and I picked it up and I said, you know, Fort Jackson, and this voice says, Hello, uh, this is Nick Faldo. I said, Yes, sir. He says, I'm supposed to be there to play in a golf tournament this morning, but unfortunately uh, I had some chores I had to do. He didn't call them chores. He had the responsibilities I had to take care of. He says, Now, I'm still coming. I said, Really? And he said, uh, he says, I'll be there about one. Wow. So we got the little gal that had drawn his name to Caddy, and they he went in. I've thought the most of him ever since that. He got here in the cart and he went around, met his team, rode around, spoke to other people. Wow! And that's when we had the flyover.
1: Yeah, yeah, we heard about that with yeah. Charlie Roundtree. They'll hear about that later. Jet. Yes, the F 16s I believe.
3: Well, the Jet was the, the captain of. He was the he okay. was the person in charge of that whole platoon of the fly with jess yeah. and he came to me and says Hey, we spending a million dollars a minute we got to fly this thing over now <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we heard that that was pretty good
4: um uh, you know this is my first podcast alan i know you've got the pulling weeds podcast but i'm sitting here knowing that we're on camera and i can't help but think of kent hunger pillar because every time a photo would be taken of Kent Hunger Pillar, if you ever watch close and would go look at the composite, the president composite in the office, Kent would always wait until the last minute and just barely turn his head yeah. to get his good side. Give us some, give us a good Kent code when I know he helped start the uh, the players championship over there well, in the art I, And
3: you know, Kent was such a good guy. I mean, I, I think things I always recall about Kent is having our staff and a few of the volunteers over to his house. Yeah. on on night after the first round, and and uh,
1: cooking cooking a mean tend, but yeah beef tenderloin. What, tender what Kinko
3: would do, and we called him Kenco, that was the name of his company. Right. What Kinko would do, he have he would buy the food, and he got his friend Al out there, and Al would be cooking the food, and Kinko would be getting all the credit. Right. All, okay. you just make the best. That's the best tenderloin I ever had in my life. So well, you you got to get the the mix right. You got to use the He'd, he'd start naming the four or five different condiments that went into the water you ever brushed with and kinda like my soup, you know, it's Yeah. You got credit for it butn't nothing to it. <laughs> he's he's good. he was truly missed Kinko. He, yeah, I
4: do too. He always dressed the nines too. I remember his blue suede shoes and I mean just the just the character and he had that house I know the last time we we broke bread was at his place down at the beach, but he had that house in Hartsville where he had his you could sign the chimney. The chimney inside. That was and always, it was like a
1: hundred years old. What the signature was? Yeah, it was right? one of the
4: historical houses on the main yeah. drive there in Hartsville that was always just a unique spot and then you'd walk in and you see all the everybody who ever came to that house I had to sign that chimney. Yeah. That was cool. Um some more
1: half isms. You got any more half isms, Al? I mean there's we could write a book. Uh, uh, well, you I'm, need to write a book. Chips wrote a book. Why don't you write a book? <laughs> How about
4: you got a falling in the mud time? You got time for that story? In fact, I use it the other day
3: told somebody. I don't know if I remember this
4: one. You know, the falling in the mud?
3: Um, as you know, I'm prone to be early yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Get, catch some crap because of it. Um, but my daughter, Shay was on a softball team, baseball team, and was supposed to have her pictures taken and play a game. And she was supposed to be at the field at 1 o'clock. And our house was seven, eight minutes away. But about 25 after 12, I said, Shaggy, let's, let's go on right on over there. Daddy, I don't have to be there to one. I said, well, let's just ride on over there. So she got, reluctantly, she got in the car, and we went over and got to the baseball field, and I pulled up and stopped, and she jumped out, saw some friends, went running. All of a sudden, now you crying and screaming. She comes back. She has slipped and fallen into a mud puddle right before these pictures. And I said, don't, just get in here. So we went back cleaned her up, got another outfit on her, brought her back in. It was 5 till 1. I said, see, you always got to have a little falling-in-the-mud time. <laughs> I, I thought, like that. I think we've used that around the office before. Yes, and if
4: you weren't 15 minutes early, you
1: were not on time. But See, I'm the same way. Back in high school, they called my nickname at my second job was Early because I would show up early every time.
4: Well, maybe that's why I hired you. That's it.
1: why I was a good fit. I remember when I would. If I thought I was going to be late to the office, I would call HAP. And I think out of all my phone calls, probably 10 over my tenure, I was late maybe twice out of the ones where I said I might be late. That traffic's not looking too good. We
3: had a great, uh, when I took my job, one of the people that hired me was Tatum Gressett. Yeah. Gressett family, great, well known name. And um, Tatum had a long tenures, you know, in politics and other things. And when he passed away, the funeral was gonna be at a little church in Saint Matthew's. Church held probably ninety people. And I wanted to be there. I wanted to make sure everybody saw me being there because of my position. Yeah. So I got Joyce in the car and we left early. Early enough to make sure we could get a spot. it that you could have a spot. And when we got we got there, the church was not unlocked. There was not a car <laughs> present. There was nobody there. Joyce made me get on the phone and call the office, and tell them that we've now beat the funeral to wow. a funeral.
4: That's funny. That's, that is funny. That's the the Gresset building, like on the stayhouse mm-hmm. grounds. Yeah, part of the family. Yeah. Uh, there's an you know we're talking about the the money after the Masters, and for those that have been, you know, there there can be some a lot of fun, some uh, adult activities that happen, that staying up late, you know, and that kind of thing. And I can remember. My first experience being green to this whole situation, I probably had a little too much fun. Played cards and ate pizza and had some, some cold beers, and we, uh, I can't remember, golly, what time it was, but it was it was close to 5 o'clock in the morning, if not before, maybe a little it, after. It, 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 we, we, tried, to,
3: we tried to get out of there at 5.
4: Right, and to get to the carts, to get to where the kids were coming in, the buses, the volunteers, everything else, and I didn't feel very good and I can remember popping a Diet Coke and saying well you can't run with the turkeys if you're going to wake up and soar with the eagles no wrong way Right? you
1: can't soar the eagles if you're running with the turkeys well there you go you never learned a lesson it really said (laughs) (laughs) obviously
4: (laughs) you can't soar with the eagles if you're going to run with the turkeys that's right there you go
1: and it's true man there's there's a lot of things I've well, learned you may not
4: soar with the Eagles. It may be, you know, well, a couple of Robins. The,
3: when we had the tournament at Kiowa and our house we had gotten was at Seabrook that we were renting. Oh, Lord. And and it's it's, it's a tricky drive at best. Right. And it's probably a, I'd say, 35, 40-minute drive at best. Yeah. Well, I woke up late, and Biff was supposed to go with me, so I roused him up real quick. At, well, somebody somebody woke me up. <laughs> I, I got up. I still. Me a wrap up. <laughs> I, I was late. Got me up, and we tore out of that house. Yeah. And I was supposed to meet a gentleman at the club at 5 o'clock to help us get carts going and what have you. Yeah. And I can't stand for anybody to, to wait on me. And Biff says the scariest he's ever been in a car was making that trip from Seabrook. Once you get to Kiowa, he's still got to go a long way right. to get back to that ocean course. No doubt. Right. And he... he
1: you made pretty good timing, huh?
3: I, man didn't have to wait on me.
4: <laughs> you know, that might run in the family. That might. Because there was an event where uh, Biff and I had to catch a boat oh. to get to Fusky Island. And
1: Y'all I'll, got the I, last boat.
4: I was I was pretty scared that morning, too. We'll save that for another story, yeah, maybe when Biff
1: come comes
3: on the, on the show.
1: Well, happy. anything we left out you like to say, especially... Well, anybody's no, listening.
3: You know, it's, it's it's things like this is what has made my life as enjoyable as being just the the stories, the good, the bad, and stories, and the yeah. successes, and you know, I certainly everything hadn't turned out like I wanted it to, but nah. if you don't throw it up on the wall and see if it sticks, yep. you know, you, you don't learn. But it it's truly been great. there so many good friends out there that uh, if any of you are listening, you know. I've loved it for 40 years. Our staff, or I feel like more of our staff. You, you think about it, Joyce and I have talked about it. Most nobody was married when they came on staff, and certainly yeah, no kids. I
1: was thinking that. I was single. And, and,
3: uh, I
4: was the intern straight out of school in 02 and then 06.
1: Building families since 1977. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really I want to thank you. I want to publicly thank you for anything, everything you've done for me, give me a chance keeping me on when you probably should've kicked me off type deal. I
4: don't know if I should have deserved to be kicked off, maybe since you've left. Um, I'll let Biff deal with that though, but I I appreciate the opportunity to to contribute to the legacy and the, the well, game and what we've done here in the State man. It's a lot of it's if an honor. I hadn't
3: had confidence in everybody getting you would have been gone. Yeah. So I, I I knew I knew your potential, I knew what could happen. You just you know, you everybody's always done I've always said you never lose your job if you do your job.
1: Correct. Correct. I was just thinking, if Chris Miller going to get fired, I should be okay. <laughs> there's, the, there's the Miller plug. i tell you, one last funny story. Well, we'll get to another time. Hap, thank you so much for joining us. I'm thank sure you. we'll have you, have you again.
3: It's been a pleasure. Y'all, good people
0: to know and to be with. Thank you, sir. Thank, thank you. you. The Palmetto Shop is proud to sponsor the Off the Huzzle podcast and the South Carolina Golf Association. We are your one-stop shop for all your screen print, embroidery, and promotional products needs. Our team will work with you from conception to completion. Low minimums to high volume, we can accommodate all your staff or team apparel, uniforms, and marketing needs. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058.